This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. On this episode, we are going to meet a former Muslim who is now pastoring in Toronto and seeing hundreds coming to Jesus in his ministry. Saeed Pakniak came to Christ in Iran but had to flee his homeland after his son and wife were arrested and the family were threatened with death unless they returned to Islam. Saeed and his family fled Turkey and eventually to Canada. We're also going to take a look at what the Bible teaches about when we should flee persecution. In spite of the many dangers of leaving Islam for Jesus in Iran, many, many Muslims have decided to come to Christ and are paying the price. According to Dr. Hermo Shariat, he is the president of U.S.-based Iran Alive Ministries, a ministry into Iran through satellite television and the internet, Iranians are wide open to the gospel, which is why Iran has the fastest growing church in the world. I asked Dr. Hermos, who is also a former Muslim, why so many are open to coming to Jesus in that Islamic nation. Yes, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world, and Islam is experiencing its greatest defeat in its history in Iran. So evangelism is easy. The simplest message I share on the air. We have a 24-7 satellite broadcast. We go over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes, and Iranians already are done with Islam. Open, open to anything but Islam. So when we share the gospel with them, it's no surprise so many are coming to Christ. You know, the situation in Iran is so similar to Book of Acts. I see, you know, visions, dreams, miracles, and even the courage. The persecution is there, but the people are saying, God, give us courage so we will speak up and give us wisdom as how to. It's not a matter of should I or shouldn't I evangelize. They don't ask that question. The question is, how do I do that? And that's what wisdom is all about. You know, look at the book of Acts. There was oppression by the Roman uh, Empire and the religious leaders are oppressing people. Exact same situation in Iran. Oppression by both political and the religious people of Iran. Abuse, uh, oppression. Just like a book of Acts, they were ready for a change. They were crying out for a savior. The same in Iran. People are crying out for a savior. And here Jesus is showing up, sometimes personally. That is Dr. Hermo Sherid of Iran Alive Ministries, a partner with the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. And if you'd like to find out more about the amazing work that Dr. Hermos and his team are doing in Iran and reaching Muslims all over the world, you can go to IranAliveMinistries.org. That's IranAliveMinistries.org. And I will also have that website in the show notes. God is working. In spite of all the things that are going on in our world, in spite of intimidation from governments like Iran, the kingdom of God continues to move forward. Now, one of the people who came to Jesus through the ministry of Iran Alive is Saeed Pakniak. Here now is that interview with Saeed in cooperation with 100 Huntley Street. Saeed Pakniak grew up in a religious Muslim home in Iran following Shia Muslim customs and traditions. As a young man, he started to question some of the rules and teachings of his religion, which eventually led him to explore the life and teachings of Jesus. I sat down with him recently to hear more about his story. 
When I was born in Iran, my family, like every other Muslim family in Iran, was Muslim by inheritance, meaning because their parents and ancestors were Muslims, they also became Muslims and taught Islam to their own children. In our childhood, in Muslim families, family members had a particular prejudice that their children would focus on learning Shia Islamic rules. According to the Shia Islamic traditions, they believe that by following Islamic customs, they would have a holy life, what God wants from people and is the will of God. So I grew up in this culture. As a patriotic young man, Saeed joined the Iranian Ministry of Defense. Later in university, he was expelled when he started to question some of the Islamic teachings that he had been raised with. You know that there are so many things in Quran that you really can't understand. And it is not about the accent you use or the way that you read it, but half-finished stories that again questions the conditions of it being a book of God, and in some places even contradicted the attributes of God and the Word of God. In Quran, you can come across verses that have no meaning and have been interpreted many times by different people. And the question for me was that if this is one of the divine secrets, why did God, it, God put it in his book when it doesn't mean anything to us? And how does God communicate with us through these verses? Years later, Saeed was arrested by Iranian officials for reporting clear violations he had seen while working at the Ministry of Defense. As a devout Muslim, his imprisonment and torture in the name of Allah led him to further question his religion. All those who want to follow this route are imprisoned and persecuted. My arrest, torture, interrogation were in the name of Allah or the God of Muslims. I remember that on the interrogation, Forms, it was written, quoting from the Prophet Muhammad, salvation is in honesty. This confused me. I wrote everything correctly for the first time and said, this is the truth. But then I saw they did not like what I wrote and also the fact that the interrogators did not want to hear the truth, but only wanted to see what they wanted to be written. So, Sidid, one day your wife, Miriam, she's working as a nurse at the hospital, receives a Bible, she brings it home. What was your reaction? Because having a Bible in Iran can be a little bit dangerous. So I'm, I'm sure you were a little concerned. Miriam was a night shift nurse at the hospital. And me being a Muslim man, I was following as according to my teaching as a Muslim. She was not happy with my behavior. I was a harsh and nervous person. According to Quran, I even beat her many times. This made her so sad about her life. And one night she was crying in a hospital. A missionary from church, which was in her clinic, saw her crying and asked, what was wrong with her? And she said, I am tired of my life and everything. And then she gave her a Bible. And when my wife brought the Bible home, she was very frightened and scared that, that she had brought a Bible home from the clinic. 
So the Bible's in the home. Now you're investigating a number of different religions. You decide to read the Bible and you go all the way from Genesis to Revelation. What were you thinking as you were reading through the Bible? Was, did you feel that something was starting to change in you? So at that time, I was looking for a God and a connection where I could feel his immediate presence in my life. And I was looking for God in different beliefs and religions from what I had access to. One night, Miriam, my wife, was at work. I decided to pick uh, this Bible and decided to read through it. And during these days, there was a hurricane that moved our satellite antennas, which caused me to ask the technician to come over and fix it. And when he fixed it, there were some new channels that ended up being Farsi-speaking Christian channels. And after that, I started watching these TV channels, and I started learning more information about Christianity and getting more knowledge about this belief. So you're watching the Christian television, you're reading the Bible, and then in February 2008, you made a decision to follow Jesus. How did that change your life? So, as I said, I was tortured, and because of that, I had nightmares every night, and it was so hard. My son had to hold my hand every night to fall asleep, and it was this night that the pastor on the television was saying that if you want to sleep in the hand of God and receive peace, come pray with me and accept Jesus as your God and Lord. That was the beginning of the way, and I picked up the phone immediately and called the number on the screen. And the sister who picked up the phone asked if I was calling from Iran. And I said, yes. And she said, this is going to be dangerous for you. And I said, if the God you are talking about is true, he is going to protect me. So I prayed with the pastor. From that night on, peace came to my life. And I was able to sleep in peace and comfortably throughout the night. And I was not nervous and didn't need my son to hold my hand anymore. It was at that moment that I decided to follow Jesus and follow his leading. It was from that time that I was able to see his presence in my life, and a lot of good things started happening in my life. Now, as you're reading through the Bible, you know that many followers of Jesus suffer persecution, and you went through some of that. Tell me about some of the challenges and the troubles you went through accepting Jesus. Many problems arose from this. The first thing, I was being rejected by family members and people around me, and then being fired from the job that I had because they were suspicious and skeptical that I had become a Christian and I was not following Islamic rules in my workplace. And then persecution happened, and I endured these persecutions until there was no serious action against us. And one day, my wife and son were arrested, and I was threatened over the phone too, that if I did not return to Islam, it would cost us our lives. And I told them and asked them, give me a week. After that, I uh, bought ticket to different places in the world. And one day I just decided to move to Turkey. After fleeing to Turkey in 2009, Saeed started an online ministry to Farsi-speaking people. 
In 2014, he came to Canada with his family as a refugee and continued his online church ministry. Now the pastor of three congregations, including Emmanuel Baptist in Toronto. Saeed has seen more than 1,300 Farsi-speaking people come to Christ, many getting baptized. You have underground churches in both Iran and Afghanistan. Of course, COVID has made it difficult for people to come together. But the online ministry has been very helpful to keep them growing in the relationship with Jesus and keeping them connected. In Iran, we had about 40 underground churches that I was serving for Iranian and Afghan people. And when COVID hit, these churches had to move to online services. So now I have been able to serve Iranian and Afghan people in online services as well as home churches. Do you hope to go back to Iran someday? Because I know you have family and friends there, and there is definitely a sacrifice for somebody coming from your background in Iran, leaving Islam to become a follower of Jesus. But it must be hard at times on your heart with your family back in Iran. Would you like to go back and see them someday? It is my dream to go back to my home country, Iran, and serve Iranians there as well as here and be able to preach to them where they are. It is unfortunate that I cannot be with my family and friends and relatives there. I will try my best and hope for the best that one day this will happen eventually. What a wonderful and powerful story about how God, you know, brought Saeed to himself in Iran, and now he is using him in such amazing ways, not only in Canada, but through his online ministry, and not only to Muslims, but to people all over the world. And I think this is a good example when you look at Saeed's story of a situation where, you know, fleeing that nation was the right thing to do. And his wife and son, uh, they were arrested. They were threatened with death. And he just felt that they needed to leave the country. But he never wanted to stop the mission of reaching out in the name of Jesus. So that is happening. Now, we teach a course. It is called The Theology of Persecution and Discipleship. And I've had the privilege of teaching this course not only in Canada, uh, but in Korea. We met with North Korean defectors and also Chinese believers uh, in Pakistan as well to help them understand what the Bible teaches about persecution. One of the lessons that we deal with is the whole area of how do we respond to persecution? And I think biblically, there seems to be three basic responses that the Lord allows when his people are persecuted. And I want to look at uh, fleeing persecution so we heard that in Saeed's story, uh, and, and maybe at another time we'll get in more into this, but there's also fortitude, which means to stay where you are, and Jesus' instruction to his disciples was to stay in Jerusalem, uh, we see from Acts 1-4, but that was not easy. Jerusalem at that time was a very dangerous place to be. So fortitude or staying is by far the most common response to persecution given, but should not be seen in isolation from the others. The attitude expressed here 
should be that believers, regardless of whether they flee or fight, and we talk about fighting, and we'll we'll get into that in a moment, but that is in a legal and peaceful way, but flight may at times be impossible or impractical or inappropriate. In these cases, God's people are called to stand firm where they are and remain faithful even to death. And that's a lot of what we do with our ministry at The Voice of the Martyrs is to strengthen the church that is in the country. But that's not to say there are occasions when believers should leave. Uh, The temptation, of course, would be try not to get noticed, to keep quiet, and perhaps to be a follower of Jesus in my heart. So that's Christians that are in these places and just trying to be secret about it. But, uh, you know, we know Jesus said that the possibility uh, was really not open to his disciples when it came to being a hidden Christian. And I know there's situations where we have to be wise, certainly, if it's found out you could be killed instantly. So again, you have to have that wisdom. But it says in Matthew 10, 27, but I, what I tell you in darkness, speak in the light and whatever you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim from the housetop. So again, staying uh, is sometimes the only option. Uh, believers aren't able to leave the country uh, and in some cases want to stay in spite of the danger. Uh, Recently, I talked to a missionary from Afghanistan, uh, John Weaver, and we know what's happened in Afghanistan with the Taliban and the thousands of believers there. And of course, many would want to leave. I totally understand that. But as John said, there are so many that want to stay because they know the hope of Jesus really is the only hope for that nation of Afghanistan. So staying, again, we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters that may not be able to leave, they may not want to leave, but they are there and that the light of Jesus would shine brightly through them. Then there is also fighting, which is legally and peacefully. And so there are occasions when it is appropriate to fight for one's legal rights. We see that the Apostle Paul did it on several occasions. We read from Acts 16, 22, and 25. And like fleeing, fighting is permissible unless it hinders the kingdom of God. And that's something that we, regardless of the response, how does it impact the kingdom of God? So in Paul's case, it could be argued that he defended his legal rights in order to further the kingdom of God. And it's also worth noting that even Jesus defended himself at one point in his trial, but not to protect, you know, his suffering, but as a testimony to his innocence. So civil disobedience within, according to, you know, what the Bible teaches and appropriate guidelines, this is an option of the believer as long as it remains in keeping with biblical principles and the behavior of the followers of Jesus. But the one I wanted to talk about today, you know, in light of hearing Saeed's story, is that of flight or fleeing. So there is biblical permission to flee from persecution. And uh, we see that from Matthew 10, 23, Jesus speaking here, when you were persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. And then in Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 1, a well-known scripture, and Saul, who of course would become the Apostle Paul, approved of their killing him. That was Stephen, the first martyr of the church. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And we see how God uses persecution to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even Paul himself, uh, you know, he knew that his mission uh, was not complete. When it was done, 
he seemed to know it at the end of his life when he saying, you know, he's finished the race, he's fought the good fight. But up until that point, he wanted to continue to do God's work and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Acts 9.25, he says, but his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through the opening of the wall. Did Paul flee because he was fearful? Well, maybe there was a little bit of fear there. He was human after all, right? But he knew that his mission was not yet complete. So again, if we see that the the mission of advancing the kingdom were being threatened by persecution, withdrawal is permitted. Now, flight or fleeing is forbidden where obedience to God's commandments and Christ's commission and love for others would be jeopardized. Now, it's not for me or anybody at the Voice of the Martyrs or any of us uh, to judge people when they want to leave a country. You know, Voice of the Martyrs, again, we work with the believers in the country for the most part to strengthen them to continue to do the work that God wants them to do and strengthen our brothers and sisters, whether it's Pakistan or Nigeria, um, all over the world where we work, we want to help our brothers and sisters think of India and uh, Nigeria and all these spots where God is working and yet there is so much persecution. So the avoidance of distress and pain is not the supreme good. And as a persecuted Vietnamese pastor once said, suffering is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Disobedience to God is. So we give careful consideration when persecution arises, whether we you know, leave, whether we stay, but ultimately we want to do God's work. So thank you for your support of the Voice of the Martyrs and the persecuted church around the world. If you'd like to find out more about uh, the nation of Iran and what is happening there, to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ and and all over the world, you can go to vomcanada.com and on the top of the screen, you'll see global persecution. You click there and then you can select any country, including Iran. And again, praying is the most important thing that we can do. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire.